You're listening to the Watling and Owen Show. Hello and welcome to a Monday edition of the Watling and Owen Show. It's Matt Watling. It's Luke Owens. We're hoping Luke's uh, or my the frame rates don't drop like they did last week, Luke. But we're here, ready to go. And before we get to the sports, Luke, I think we need to have a serious conversation. Uh, okay. I didn't plan this. It wasn't written out in the rundown, as you can see. But I just want to make sure that you're okay. Because you've, you've seemed like you're not really feeling your best right now. Uh, this I'm weekend not. seemed pretty hard on you, and I just want to make sure you're okay. It was. It's it's really stupid, Matt. You know, I build this great fantasy team, and it just doesn't matter. Like, it just doesn't matter. I lose because I'll call him by his real name. Jarek McKinnon goes for 34 points. Stefan Diggs and Devonta Adams combined for 16. And just like that, I'm gone. I, you know what? To, great, to quote the great Brian Cashman, playoffs are crapshoot. I built a great team that was guaranteed to, to take me to the playoffs. And once I got there, I was eliminated. I mean, it's insane. I was telling some of my friends, and obviously you know this because you're in the league with me. But, like, I read this off. I have Austin Eckler, Delvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, and Stephon Diggs are my three receivers and my two running backs. And I am currently losing by 40 points going into Monday Night Football where I have Christian Watson. So, unless he catches, like, six touchdowns, I'm dead. And it's just – it's stupid. I hate it. It's going to happen to you. Like, if you don't win it all, you're going to have the same thing happen to you where all your good players don't play well. It's just – it's all nonsense. It's all worthless. And – I'm out. I'm out on fantasy football. I'm done next year. I don't want any part of it. I'm I'm done. Um. So one last thing, because no one really cares, but I think this is hilarious. So I'm gonna keep going with it. Um. Your your quarterback situation, Geno Smith and uh, Russell Wilson, who was on the bench. Um. And and Baker Mayfield, if you want that too. Y- you spent all this money on on you know or draft picks on good players, you know, wide receivers, running backs. Uh, you had Jalen Waddle on your bench because your team is so good you didn't even need to start Jalen Waddle. Well, that was that was tough. He would, I, it was the tough decision between him and Dobbins. Dobbins had 13, but then Waddle dropped 20. I mean, it wouldn't matter unless Watson – if Watson goes for like 34 tonight, then I'm really going to be in a dark place. But either way, it probably wouldn't have mattered. But you, ne- you never went for a quarterback. You went with Geno Smith as your quarterback. Well, well I guess it's well, QB7, no. so you can't really doubt it. Yeah. You know, he's putting up about 20 points a game the last several weeks. But – where where do you go? Where does the the Luke Owens fantasy team uh, go from here? Where does Luke the kid, or where do the Syracuse milk drinkers go from here? I should say. They're done. I'm selling the team. I'm I'm out. So you're retiring from the sell. league that you're a commissioner of. Yeah, and it's a tough sell because I I have my first two picks and then I have like three like three rounds where I don't have any picks because of all the moves I made. But there there's also no quarterbacks to go to because one of the kid that's in the playoffs has Lamar Jackson like. Justin Fields is in the playoffs. Lawrence is in the playoffs. One kid has Mahomes and Allen. Like, there's no real quarterbacks to trade for. Like, I traded for Geno Smith. Like, that was a move that I had to make because the quarterback position was so tough. Right. And, and to get to the real football, Luke, by the way, um, I have so a buy this week. I'm like, I, I, buy. Yeah, I was in, no, you know, I'm in a dark place because I was playing AJ, who I love. And he's like, oh, man, I hope Jefferson scores and, and Stefan Diggs scores for my parlays. I'm like, AJ, I'm playing against you in fantasy. I have those players. He didn't even care. Like, meanwhile, when they when George Kittle went off on Thursday night football for him and Geno Smith, I mean he ended up with 15, but it was bad at one point. And the fact that I'm like I'm literally die like I'm in such a bad place on Thursday night, and I'm like in the back of my mind, I'm like I could be okay. Like Jefferson, you projected to win 30. after Thursday night. That's I the thing know. That has me off. 
on on Thursday and Saturday, you're projected to win or it's going to be close, and you're just complaining the whole time. Like, shut up and if you're if you're so done with fantasy football on a Thursday, what you should have done is pulled all your guys to the bench and just gave up instead of this fraudulent back and forth. That's what's happening that in doing. the consolation bracket. Stefan Diggs benched. Devonta Adams benched. They're all riding the pine for the rest of the season. For the consolation bracket, I might drop one of them. Honestly, pure chaos. Right no, now. no, you can't do that. I'll drop. I will drop Stefan Diggs right now. No, you I will drop you him can't, right now. You can't do that. That's not fair. Oh, it'd be fair if you were the first waiver I bet though. No, it's. Oh, I would not. I would no, 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 no. That would be such BS because Dylan, who I'm playing next week, has a hundred dollars of his of his free agent budget. Oh yeah, I fifty five. So I have a chance. I'd have the second most out of all the teams remaining. Actually, no, third most because AJ also has 100 bucks and hasn't done anything to his team. Um, but I digress. The last thing I'll say, Luke, it's really funny that you lost this week because you would have beaten the two other teams in the league or would have been close. So if you were in any seed. other spot, if you were in the other semifinals matchup, you would have beaten the other two guys. Yeah. And it's, again, the worst part of it, I wish I played someone that would just dance on my grave and be like, oh, you're an idiot. You trade all your picks. You suck. But it's just AJ just didn't care, and he still just absolutely destroyed me. That's the worst. Getting destroyed by someone that doesn't even want to rub it in your face is just the worst thing ever. Like, you're going to have matchups where you're going to have – Oh no, well, it's me and Dylan, Dylan next week. Next me and Dylan week. have okay, no Okay, so juice. never mind. Like, we That's love fine. each other. But, like, but if you make the championship game and you play Jake Johnson, there's going to be a lot of heat. There would be. Like, I wish I had that. Maybe yeah. it would have motivated my bum Well, you don't have a rival in the league. That's the issue. You gotta start taking nah. shots. I think you're my rival, honestly, yeah. at this point. Such a bad guy. There's no animosity, though. Yeah, I'm just in a dark place, but whatever. At least your picks went pretty well this week, right? How'd you do on that? Yeah. Again, like, there's just nothing going. Nothing in my life is going well right now, besides the Bills, in terms of like sports-wise. Obviously, you know, I'm not. Whatever. The wife doesn't listen to me, anyways. But if, like, if I don't know, I'm I'm done. I, I'm done with picks. I'm one in five. I'm dead. Like, I don't know what to say. I'm starting to train for the 5K. I might as well start now. How, how do you bad. say you're dead when you're still ahead of me by a wide margin? I think I went, what, 4-2 and two this week? 3-3 three and three maybe? How did I do this week? Let's see. You had you had two with Cincy. You had one with the Giants. So, you went so three I only three. gained two games on you. Which is embarrassing. But Listen, yeah. again, my picks were glorious. Dallas was up the entire, the entire game, basically. And Minnesota inexplicably doesn't cover. Like, I mean, I already have a great pick for next week. I'm, I'm, I'll be. Do you, are you I'm sure you have that. a great pick though? When, considering you went, you know, yeah. one in five. Like, can any of your picks oh, be good? Yeah. I'll lock it in right now. Go ahead, say week. it. Say That's it. how count. Show me something. Cowboys, Cowboys minus two against the it's Eagles. It's a horrible pick. You're a clown. Show for it. I'll give it to you, but that's a horrible pick. You're a clown. No, I'm not gonna lock it in yet. But I, I'll give you yeah, that line if you want it. it. Like, if you want to lock it in now at that point. Because, you know, I'm sure there's going to be something changing. I'll give it to you right now. No, because it's going to move towards the Eagles. It's going to move towards the Eagles. Well, so I don't want it now. It. it might be one. All right, give me the Cowboys minus two as my lock There of the you week. go. Lock of the week for Luke. Lukey locks. And you know what, Matt? Dallas. Was it minus two? It's 425 kickoff. I'll be coming out of Christmas mass just after kickoff. And I'll tell you what, Christmas Eve mass. I'm going to look at my phone and I'm going to see a Dallas Cowboys up by at least seven points. And I'm going to feel good. I'm going to go home. I'm going to open some gifts. I'm going to watch them win that game for me. So lock, lock it in. You have some great gifts coming for you, by the way. Do yeah. I? I've, I've had great just, conversations with uh, with people in the uh, the Owens family. Oh, okay. Got uh, let's get to the actual sports. No, that was a fun little 
I hope that that made you feel a little better. Did it? No, I feel significantly worse. All right, that that that's good then. Um, the Giants, they beat the Commanders twenty to twelve. Uh, after a critical stop on fourth and goal to end the game. There's a lot to kind of digest in that final drive. Could there have been P.I. there? Absolutely. Darnay Holmes kind of wrapped up Curtis Samuel, had the the arms, like a little hug situation from behind. But it probably shouldn't have gotten to that point. Like, if you think of the NFL as a whole, teams are going to lose because of a bad play here or there. I like to think at the end of the day it does average out eventually. But if you're the commanders and you only score 12 points, you're not winning this game. Like, they're, they're, you know, there's more on you to go out there and actually win the game than for you to get bailed out by the referees. Here's the thing. The commanders got screwed in this game. They got screwed two plays in a row. They got screwed on, first of all, the illegal formation where you can see Terry McLaurin confirm. Look, it was an illegal formation. However, Terry McLaurin confirmed with the ref that he was on the line and he was good. And then the ref just threw a flag right in his face. That was a problem. Number two, that was pass interference. However. However, even though the commanders did get screwed on those two plays, like you said, the Giants were the better team in this game. The, Gi- the Giants deserve to win this game. And maybe that's a, a fraud thing for me to say after sitting here and saying, you know, the commanders got screwed on those two calls. Let's, let's face it. They would have had to score a touchdown. They had to get the two-point conversion. It's not like the game was 100% you know, like decided in that moment. So I think, yes, the commanders have a reason to be upset. But at the end of the day, the Giants were the better team. And it's unfortunate because they're going to have Washington fans being like, oh, like, oh, they only won because of these calls. Like, no, the Giants were a better team. They ran the ball very well. They put together some drives. And, I mean, it was the Kayvon Thibodeau coming out party. What a play on the strip sack. He had, I think, two other tackles for losses, the touchdown. I mean, that is what you've been waiting for if you're the Giants. And they played awesome. He made their defense good. Their defense is not that great. But the way that he played – wrecking the game plan we saw the jets not having quinn williams definitely affected them they couldn't get to the quarterback as much when the giants can get to the quarterback that helps the back end so yes the commanders missed a couple of calls in their favor but the giants were the better team last yeah and i don't want to spend too much more time on the the penalty situation at the end of the game just because i'm in lockstep with you i do think that that right and we're not look i think to me against the giants maybe we would spend more time on it i think to me the the egregious part was the terry mclaurin penalty because that just had yes. no impact on the play. And I didn't even know that was a rule. Like, I didn't know you had to be in line with the center for it to be a legal formation. Um, so, yeah. You can have, like, one – obviously, like, one of your slot receivers can be offset. But if you're out wide, you're supposed to be on line. I only know this because I'm – this isn't even like a – this is actually true. Like, I used to play receiver when I played football. And you – every single play, thumbs up. You look to the ref. Thumbs up. He gives you a thumbs up. That means you're on the line. Sometimes he'll say – Got to move up a little, got to move back a little. But when he gives you the thumbs up, he is saying, okay, you are on the line. You are in a legal position, a legal formation for this play to happen. And you're right. They ran the ball up the middle. Like, Terry McLaurin didn't even move. Like, there was no – it was stupid. Yeah, that, that's the one thing why I don't like the, the call, just because it had no impact on the play to begin with. It was never going to have an impact on the play. It was a clear run for the entire time. But to get to the actual game itself, this was peak New York Giants football. Like, this is what we saw the first nine weeks of the season before they went into this little skit where they didn't take a lot of penalties. The defense made stops when they needed to, right? Washington was one for 10 on third down. That's not, that, that's terrible. Like, that is inexcusable for a, a Washington offense that needs to be better, right? We, ta- we talk about Taylor Heineke. Is he him? Is he not? He's not because this team, like, they, ca- they just can't move the ball and they can't have those, those clutch plays that you need to win a football game. 
and, and that's really just kind of what broke the team down for the commanders. You look at the, the Giants offense and it did enough, right? Like, was it great? No, you only scored 13 points or I guess, what was it? 12 points, whatever it was um, offensively. But at the end of the day, you, you got it done, right? That the defense helped you out. It was complimentary football where you held the ball a decent bit. You weren't three and out punting every single drive. And Daniel Jones did enough to actually make some pretty nice plays. He did. I mean, Saquon Barkley on that last drive where they got the field goal to go up eight was huge. I mean, it felt like every single play he was going for, you know, 10 plus yards. They got points when they needed to. I mean, their defense looked a lot better, like I said, which has been one of their main issues. Like, it's kind of crazy. Last week, I said, I was like, look, if the Giants win this game, they're they're in the playoffs. And it's a whole different conversation that we've had in the last few weeks. You know, maybe we see the team in the same way. But the fact that they went from this team that was really struggling, got blown up by the Eagles. Oh, the Commanders had the extra week. We thought that would play a big factor. But either way, the Giants showed up in this game. They won it. And now it, it looks like they're going to the playoffs. So it's, it's crazy. It's crazy what a week can do. And we'll talk about the Jets later. It kind of applies to them. It applies to the Giants. Like, these short periods of time in the NFL can really change things. And now the, the Giants are in a great position to go to the playoffs. And what, the number is about 90%. You don't expect anything out of them come playoff time, right? Like, this isn't a team that can really make a whole lot of noise. No, I mean, especially – so, right now they're lined up with the Niners, I think. That's that's a death sentence for them. If they have to play the Niners in the first round of the playoffs, that's going to be tough. You almost you almost would rather be the – I'm not going to say this because, obviously, you, you just win games, but the Commanders probably have a better chance against – the Vikings than they have against the Niners. Maybe that's a dumb take to say. I mean, either way, it's a tough game. But, yeah, I don't, I don't expect them to do much. Whether they play the Vikings or the Niners, we'll find out this week kind of how they match up with the Vikings. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not expecting much. But to make the playoffs, I think, is still a big deal. I mean, there is a chance that uh, San Francisco leapfrogs Minnesota. I don't that's know true. if they lose another game the rest of the way, to be honest. Well, I think San Fran plays the Eagles. Oh, do they? Down the stretch. That's false information. They play the Niners, I was, I was the Raiders, wrong. and the Cardinals. The Niners play themselves? Commanders, sorry. So they okay. probably win out. Oh, they play the Commanders? Whew. Yeah. Um, but to get back to the Giants themselves, like, we, we talked about last week, the idea that Dan, Daniel Jones was 0 for 9 in primetime games up until this game, it really meant nothing, to, to me at least. And I, I think you were kind of in a similar vein just because the team itself is bad. So how do you expect that guy to, to win games when the team hasn't won you know, it's not like it's his fault. The team just stunk for the last little while. But I, I just keep going back to Daniel Jones. And I think we both agree that he has at least one more year. He deserves another contract. But, like, 21 of 32, great. 160 yards, not so great. I just wonder what his ceiling actually ends up being, even with actual weapons. Yeah, I don't think it's very high. I, I think it's kind of what he's been doing recently. But... I guess the most important thing is he's held onto the ball a lot better than he than he had before. I mean, he ran the ball pretty well. That's kind of what he is at this point. I think you can get him some good weapons and his numbers will get a little better. You know, maybe he throws for over 200 yards a game instead of always being kind of in the in the one, 160s, 180s. But yeah, I don't think he's, I don't know. I saw like a tweet today from like, a, it was like a Giants fan account. It was like, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are here to stay long term. Deal with it, and it's like how long term are we I don't really know doing this stuff, man? Like Daniel Jones is fine. I think he did a, a nice enough job for sure. And I think the big thing for him was just being in a big game like this, where we haven't seen the Giants. Like I don't care about the prime time thing because you could play anyone on prime time, but 
the fact that this was, you know, the big game of the week, the playoff implications, and he played pretty well. Like, I'll give him that. But, yeah, when has he ever had a game where you're like, oh, man, like, that showed me. Like, like you know, like, you look around, you can say, like, Trevor Lawrence had a couple of those this year. Justin Fields has moments. Like, I guess the comeback against the Bucks, but that was his first start or his first game ever. Like, he, he hasn't really had those moments where it's like, oh, he's, like, a top 10 guy. I think he's kind of going to stay in that. Let me ask you range. this, Luke. Because when I look at Daniel Jones, and maybe he's not the perfect quarterback, the Jets would take him in a heartbeat. Like a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Ah. I think a lot better. I mean... I guess they would take him because of the defense they have, but even then, are you really that excited about bringing Daniel Jones in? I think I would be. The way that he controls the football, you know? Yeah, and I don't know. I like the instructor right now. I know we said, like, well, they can bring in a Jimmy G type. I mean, Daniel Jones is pretty much that at this point. He doesn't turn the ball over. doesn't really put up big numbers. He can give you – certainly would help. I would like to see him with some better receiving options. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you've got Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins as your top two receiving guys last night. You know, Slayton is a decent receiver, probably a number three on most teams. Like, there aren't a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, elite quarterbacks, if any, that don't have a stud receiver. I mean, even Tyler, uh, Taylor Heineke has Terry McLaurin. He has Jahad Dotson. Like, I don't know why the Giants just can't find those guys, if that makes sense. Like, the the, the commanders have been able to do it. It seems like every team has a fun young wide receiver except for the Giants and hopefully this new regime can kind of turn that around and get some weapons because it feels like they're one of the only teams in the NFL that you would consider good that don't have any elite targets yeah and I, I think the option there is to go out and get you might have to use your next three picks or your first three picks in this draft on wide receivers and you never really see anyone do that but I would say what maybe two and then go out there and get a cornerback or someone for the secondary. I mean, at this point, I guess the good news is you kind of know you're going to keep Daniel Jones for the next year, so you don't have to make somehow one of the top two guys like fell or something, which obviously isn't going to happen. So at least having that comfort, you can go out and get some receivers. So that that definitely helps. You know, maybe they try to make a trade. There always seem to be like those number two guys that are ready to be number ones that you know aren't going to get paid. I mean. I'd sort like a guy like Gabriel Davis is would have been up there for me last year. Maybe not so much this year. He's had some some drop problems, but those those number twos that you know you think could be number ones on a team like the Giants. I mean, there's definitely options out there. I've just I, I would like to see Jones at least get a chance with some receivers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that's where somewhere I would look and, and go. And Luke, you did text me the stream is 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 functioning in a weird process. We're trying to work things out as we go. I've been checking it frequently but why don't we get to the jets speaking of something that's broken and if things aren't working hit us up in the chat we'll try to make things work luke i told you i was going to try to fix it uh last week i looked into it and i couldn't press any of the buttons to, to fix what i wanted to fix so now i'm looking to try okay. a different way to fix it on the fly so we'll see if that works here hopefully it works uh as we're here on the Watling and owens show give us a, a follow on twitter if you want shoot us a, a mention at Watling and owens um do we really need to talk about the jet loss like, is this something we really need to to go over? Because there was so much – I was going – you were talking about you going through it yesterday. I was really going through it. It was 
a tough day to be a, a Watling. Yeah, and a tough, tough day to be me. I mean, they were my lock. They had it in the bag. Talk about a cover situation, and they couldn't do it. There's a lot of things you can point to, but it's hard to ignore how bad Robert Sala was on that last, last drive. I mean, the Jets had a chance. Zach Wilson actually made a couple of plays, which was a little bit surprising. And you look at the math here. Robert Sala wasted 16 seconds on the sack with a minute 44 left. He then wasted 17 seconds after the 22-yard gain, and then another 18 seconds after a 10-yard gain. So you add all those up, and you're getting at least probably two, three more plays to get a, a more manageable field goal, which ended up being a long field goal, which I thought maybe Zerline could still hit. He had the distance, didn't have the 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 right you know, the right accuracy on it. But, I mean, it's hard to not look at the game to first point the, the finger at Robert Sala. I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around, to be honest. I, I mean, say what you want, and they had a chance after. I mean, 51 yards on a, t- a tight end screen is not an ideal fourth and one situation. But the Jets had every chance to win this game. Their defense played well, aside from that one play. I thought that Zach Wilson probably deserves a little blame too, but overall, I, I think that was the first game where we could say, all right, Robert Sala did, did not do a great job. Yeah, well, if we want to make an order of, of blame, it it starts and ends with Rob Sala, in my opinion, and he and he took the, you know he took the the uh, the blame. He he said, I guess he he sent it out to Rich Simeon who tweeted out basically saying, I slept a half hour last night because I was so I was kept thinking about that last drive and I should have done better. Cool, like I'm I'm glad he accepted the accountability because you hear a lot of guys like Bill Belichick just say we're on to Cincinnati, we're on to Jacksonville. So I like that. The second thing is Zach Wilson. He was way too inconsistent. There was three or four plays where he could not get the ball to the chest of his receiver. There's a back, uh, Braxton Barrios screen pass that maybe would have picked up a couple of yards. He had one guy to to basically break the tackle off of an, an open field for a big gain. It was a seven-yard throw, and he threw it at his feet. There was a couple other plays. Uh, Zach Wilson also. There was Elijah Moore where he was over the middle, and he just threw it, like, behind yeah. the defender. Like, it wasn't even – it was yeah. it was bad. He, he whipped a couple balls in way too hard. Like, he doesn't have any touch on his, on his throws right now. And the third blame is is the defense. And I guess you can throw special teams in there and then slot defense down a little bit further. But I don't talk, I don't need to talk about special teams. Like they weren't very good. Um, the defense gave up 13 points. That's it. That's all they gave up. And you couldn't win this football game against one of the best offenses in the NFL. That can't happen. That just can't happen. And look, was Zach Wilson great? No. Was there a lot of chances that they had to score points earlier in the game? Absolutely. And they didn't. But when you're driving on that last drive and you, you move the ball fairly well and you run out of time with a timeout in your pocket, that's inexcusable. And that's what ends up losing this team that game and potentially keeps them from the playoffs. I mean, like, the most confusing part about Zach Wilson is yesterday is like he made the hard plays, like the fourth down conversions where he's throwing across his body, across the field, uh, the, the Uzoma touchdown as well. Like it. Everyone, like where he made that one throw and everyone's like oh my god like he can make that throw it's like yeah that that seems to be the only throw he can make like the the off balance off target off play schedule just balling in the backyard type play but when it comes to just the normal stuff the screens the swings the slants the crosses like he's missing those and it, it really is a concern because he's always missed those like I, I know early on it wasn't as bad but I even remember his rookie year, there was like a whole compilation of him missing these easy passes. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if it's physical. It, it doesn't help that they, they just can't run the ball anymore like they were early in the year. But, man, I mean, 
I know like the numbers don't end up looking that bad with 317 yards and two touchdowns, but every single time the Jets defense kind of stopped, the Jets offense just couldn't produce on the other end. And in, in, in the second half, especially that third quarter, they had a lot of chances to pull away and they just couldn't move the ball. And that's a big thing. You talked about it with Taylor Heineke. Like if the offense isn't moving the ball with you at quarterback, some of that blame or a lot of that blame has to fall on you. And it felt like LaFleur probably deserved some blame too, because they just, the, the run game wasn't working and they were still running on first and 10, second and 10. Didn't make a lot of sense. So a lot of blame to go around, but really the, the, the whole of it all, like you said, is this might not be a playoff team anymore. I, uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, because you got to win some of these games. You do. No, I, you I did. Said it last week. Like, more, like, they played good against the Vikings, good against the Bills, like, decent against the no, Lions. Like, if you're not winning these games, like Zach Wilson's not good. And you talked about the run game, and the run game I thought was fine against Buffalo and fine against Minnesota. Was it great? No. Against the Lions, all they said was, hey, stop the run and make Zach Wilson throw the football, and he could not do it. That's what happened. Like, it was the easiest kind of thing to digest. And, look, he makes these crazy, fancy, fun plays, and that's great. And Michael Floor probably should have got him – in you know in motion and moving and bootlegging a lot more than he did but it's hard to play a game when your quarterback can't make the easy throw and you say don't run the ball on first down well what are you supposed to do like what is the solution to a quarterback that cannot throw a five-yard slant without throwing it 67,000 miles per hour like the, the issue starts on the offense and ends with Zach Wilson because he's he's just you can't do anything with him and it's very frustrating. He wasn't ready for this game. He's only in because Mike White's hurt. And the only thing Jets fans can do is, is hope that Mike White's ready for Thursday, which I don't think he is. So now you get to watch Zach Wilson take on Trevor Lawrence in a game of the first and second overall picks from a couple years ago. And they are eons different. Trevor Lawrence is so much better than Zach Wilson is right now. And it's, it's incredible to watch because when you draft him, you know, you're not really sure what he's going to look like. But you could never tell me in a billion years you thought that Zach Wilson would look like this. Well, to be fair in that, Trevor Lawrence has had some real stinkers too. But he has had the great games, which obviously Zach Wilson had. Like he's not – like Lawrence isn't consistent. Like he's not Joe Burrow yet. You know, he's not that meteoric of a star. I think he's definitely – Do you want his last – his performance in his last six games? I can read you game by game. Yeah. Okay, so starting – I don't know when it starts, but – 27 of 42 for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. 30 of 42 for 368 yards and three touchdowns. 17 of 31 for a buck 79 and a touchdown. 29 of 37 for over 300 yards. And the last two on this list was about 29 of 40 and 25 of 31 for over 230 yards in each game. Combined, he's got a 70% completion percentage, over 1,600 yards, 14 touchdowns, and one pick. Zach Wilson's never been this. He hasn't even shown one game like this. Because you, you want to talk about last week or this past week where he threw for over 300. Well, he should have had two interceptions. And he couldn't make the simple plays. And it's just – he's not an NFL quarterback right now. Now, now I guess the uh, question could be shifting forward is can he become an NFL quarterback? I guess. Like, I liked what I saw a little bit. If he can, if he can clean up those short, simple plays, then I think he could be a very good quarterback. But he hasn't done it. And does he just need more time sitting on the bench? I guess. But he doesn't have that time. We don't have that luxury. I want to disagree with something that Dan Orlovsky said. Are we sure that Zach Wilson has talent? Like, why have we decided? Like, it's like, oh, like he's so talented. He can't make easy throws. He doesn't have the body of work to say, like, oh, he's done it before. Like, he played at BYU. It's like, are we sure that he's talented? Or 
where are we hoping that he's talented? Because like the video sent me like, well, obviously he's like, oh, he's so talented, but he's missing these easy throws. It's like, if you're missing easy throws as, as an NFL quarterback, maybe you're just not that talented. Yeah, I don't disagree. I just, my concern is that he just gets lucky with these big throws. Because if I'm just tr- heaving a ball 40 yards or 50 yards, it's not that hard for the receiver to, to find it and get under it if he gives enough time. And I, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, I do agree. Like him rolling out and throwing it like that is less impressive than like when dudes like fit it in a window, like 10 yards down the field. I would agree with that. But I mean, still, that, that's some arm strength to go across the body, throw it up. But I mean, he's also got Garrett Wilson usually on the receiving yeah. end of those big plays, which, which helps who, by the way, hates yeah, he despises Zach Wilson. It's actually incredible. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And you have to almost decide like, which guys in this team are most important? Usually you'd say your young quarterback, but right now it's your young corner and Sauce Gardner, your young receiver and Garrett Wilson. Eventually your young running back and Brees Hall when he's healthy. Like those guys' careers almost get put ahead of the quarterback because the quarterback's been so bad. And I think you can find ways to win without this quarterback. I mean, you kind of saw with Mike White. If Mike White plays that game, you win. You win. You know, if Zach Wilson plays the previous two games, you, you lose even worse. I just. It's it's tough, but to, to, I mean, well, what do you do though? Like, what do you do? Do you trade him? Do you, you move on if you have to? I don't know. Give him an offseason. I mean, like, I, I guess if you want my plan is, I give him the offseason. I I either go with Mike White or I go with Jimmy Garoppolo or or Aaron Rodgers, a player like that, and I say, listen, Zach. I guess Aaron Rodgers can't really do this with, but I don't care. It's it's fake money at this point as long as you're under the cap. If let me ask yeah. you this though, say you get Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. Would you rather keep Mike White as your backup or keep Zach Wilson as Mike your backup? White. Okay. If I get Lamar Jackson, Zach Wilson's gonzo. He's done. If I get Jimmy G Even or Aaron Rodgers, that's a different story. Yeah. If you say Jimmy G Lamar. or Rodgers, then Zach Wilson can be the backup because you know Aaron Rodgers apparently is best friends with Zach Wilson, uh, and then Jimmy G could play a year or two, and then you know a year, and then maybe Zach Wilson's ready by then. You know. Um, but if you bring Lamar, he's there for the next six, seven, 10 plus years, hopefully. And I don't see where Zach Wilson lands. I, I guess my, it, and if you go the route of Jimmy G, I would bring him in, pay him a lot of money and say, this is a quarterback competition between you and Zach Wilson. But Zach Wilson is not, does not have the inside track. Like he's got to show me that he can make those simple, small throws. And if he can't, then he rides the bench and I either trade him or he just gets cut and I take the L, but you can't miss the playoffs next season. Next year, look, this year is a bonus. And I think at the end of the day for this season, when I look at the Jets at whole after, you know, being able to digest the loss for about a day, that's a bad loss. That stinks. But this season is a positive because you have a team around you that's young and can make the playoffs for the next five years. They can be the Buffalo Bills with or without a quarterback right now. Without an elite quarterback, I should say. Maybe not Super Bowl, but they can make the playoffs. They can do it. So that's a success. But next so year, next you year the playoffs, it's inexcusable. You need to find a better quarterback for next year so you're guaranteed a playoff spot. Because I don't know where you go if you miss the playoffs next year. It'll be, what, the 12th year that they miss or, or more. Your team's getting older, right? C.J. Mosley is declining. And at that point, all options on the table in terms of, getting, of letting Joe Douglas and Rob Sala go. Because you can't go that many years without the playoffs. I mean, the thing is, like, yeah, they can be a playoff team but it's like okay do you want to be the Titans team that has uh, an average quarterback and is really good at one thing and that's kind of I it. just you think know the you're Jets never make a run have better weapons than the Titans had 
in their time. And yes, AJ Brown's great. But if you threw Ryan Tannehill on the Jets, is their ceiling that much higher? Right now, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, right. A higher ceiling, they'd be in the playoffs. They're not winning the Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill. San Francisco made it to a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. And, and I guess the conversation now is come playoff time when you're going up against Mahomes and Josh Allen. And I guess Jimmy G never really had that in that series, right? He had Aaron Rodgers who kind of falls apart come playoff time. You know, I don't even know who else was in that route. You know, I mean, the, the AFC is dumb right now. It is stupid right now with, with, with the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. Like, it is dumb. And I, Justin Herbert's going to get thrown in there with the Chargers now. Like, the quarterback talent in the AFC is ridiculous. And if you don't have talent? a guy... Like, I just, I don't I, see how, so is it, can, can you consistently win with a Met quarterback or an average quarterback, a Jimmy G or Ryan Tannehill in the postseason? No. But can this team get hot and make a deep run and make it to the Super Bowl? Absolutely. And, and I just look sure, at this team could. and I say the defense is so, so good that an average or slightly, a top 10 quarterback or a, an 8 to 12, 8 to 13 quarterback can make, can lead you to a Super Bowl. And maybe it's unfair to say because we haven't seen a, a Met quarterback do it against Mahomes and then Ro- and then Allen and then Burrow, but the defense is so so good and the weapons that are there are so so good and make plays like nobody else. It's just I just don't know how you say that they can make it to the playoffs and then get blown out by Josh Allen when come the regular season when they play Josh Allen they've shut him down. I just think that the margin of error is so slim when you don't have a, a, a great quarterback like the Niners when they made the run like. Jimmy G's a passenger. He's doing he's handing the ball off and hoping that their their defense can hold teams to under 15 points a game. Like at this point, like I don't I need some kind of edge. And, and if my edge is my defense, I just don't think that's enough compared to having a great quarterback. I mean, I guess at that point it comes down to coaching and defense and special teams and run game. And moving forward, I like the Jets run game. I like Brees Hall when he gets back in it's really gonna be hopefully by the end of next season. Hopefully he's back to 100 percent come playoff time next year. I like the, the wide receivers they have. The offensive line should get better next year with the, the, the health comes back. The defense should be just as good, if not better. And then it comes down to coaching. And right now, I just think the coaching is the coaching and quarterback play are the weaker links of this team. And can the coaching get better? Absolutely. I think it will get better because they're so young. But like, what else are they supposed to do? If I don't think Zach Wilson's the answer and he's not going to be your franchise quarterback, and Mike White certainly isn't, like, can you afford to go out there and like? I guess you could trade up for a guy, but what what history do the Jets have? Does Joe Douglas have in saying we trust him to make that kind of move versus getting Jimmy G, who at least you know what he is, instead of getting Aaron Rodgers, who hopefully can you know strain together two or three good seasons at close to MVP play because he has been pretty good this year, you know, despite the weapons and and the, the rest of the team. He I think he could be very good on this Jets team. Like where else are you supposed to go when there's no other options? No, I agree. I'm just saying you're going to want a Jimmy G, but when he gets there and the game's on the line and you need him to take you on a drive, you're probably not going to feel that good about yourself. I, I don't know what else to say, I guess. Like, can we bring in Brock Purdy? Is, is that the there answer? There you go. Now we're talking. Like, I don't, I don't want just, another rookie like a quarterback crazy, that, a crazy, to, that we need crazy to pray can do well. Tone. It feels like a crazy change of tone from last week when I said the Jets would not make the playoffs and you acted like I had three heads. Because I expect them to beat the Lions. The Lions stink. They held the Lions offense but now, 14 okay. points so and they couldn't score anything? You couldn't do anything against the Lions? You don't deserve to so make we the playoffs. I hope they win out and still miss the playoffs, the Jets. Because that's how disgraceful that was. It was embarrassing. You're me right now. You did not expect that. Last- There's no shot in the world you expected the Jets defense to put to limit no, them to 13 points. I had the Jets points. winning the game. I had the Jets winning the game. I'm saying 
we said I said last week they wouldn't make the playoffs. You act like I was crazy. Now they lose one game and you're like, oh, you know what? It's fine. Like they weren't supposed to be here anyway. What, like, what do you want me to be then? Like, what do you want me to say? You are you are the Jets franchise. You are loser mentality right now. You can't be like, oh, you know what? It's fine now. But last week it was crazy to say they weren't gonna make the playoffs. You're you're crazy. You're Looney Tunes right now. I'm you're Looney, Looney Tunes. Tunes. I'm yes. Looney Tunes. The Dolphins are not very good. They're not. The Bills defense whoop the Jets. They will whoop no, they the won't. Jets. There is no whoop shot the in the world they whoop the Jets. Whomping. No Whomping. way. Is this home or is this, is this Miami? Miami. What are the Jets playing for in Week 18? Hopefully a playoff spot. I pray that they're playing for a playoff no. spot. No. Can they beat Jacksonville? No. They need to beat Jacksonville, man. They, they can. need to. If it's going to be goddamn Zach easy. Wilson, that's what's going to happen. I can't anymore with this team. I really can't. It comes down to this, uh, the number two overall pick, and I'm having nightmares about him playing football. That's that's my issue. But, I, I mean, I look at the, the Jacksonville team, and we'll, we'll talk about it more at some point, maybe this week. I don't know if we have a show. But that team does not scare me. The only weapon on that team that scares me is Travis Etienne. He's the only guy. Like, Zay Jones is fine. Zay Jones has been great. Yeah, but they, look at the Jets' defense. Evan Ingram. Sauce Gardner didn't even get a target. He didn't even get a target. All of them on Ross St. Brown's touches came against, like, a nickel cornerback, Michael Carter, who, why is he on Amon Ross St. Brown? I don't know. And well, in the Amon Ross a bum, as you said. I didn't say he's a – take that. I did not say he's a bum. I did not say that. I said he's not Justin Jefferson type. <laughs> and, I, you know, I guess I was right because he did better than Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs did against the Jets. Yeah. How you can combine the two games that Stephon Diggs played. He had 120 minutes, <laughs> and he still couldn't do what Amon Ross St. Brown did. Feels he like stinks, a direct shot And his team stinks. How about that? Yeah. What a How's direct that, shot. Yeah. No, I knew that was team. coming. I knew that was lose coming. Lose in, in 10 seconds this year? I, God, it, I hope they lose, man. Just for you. All right. What, Just for you. <laughs> I feel bad for your family. I feel bad for Ash. I feel bad for friend of the show, Brent Dax. But I wouldn't feel bad for you because you are pissing me off right now. <laughs> Whatever. I, again, I'm just trying to – I'm trying again, my mentality is now different. I am a jaded veteran of making the playoffs at this point. I'm used to it. Even though I said oh, I won't take it for granted you tweeted, Oh, it's so crazy. The Bills made the playoffs five years in a row. Oh, man. <laughs> if you told me this, I wouldn't have believed you. Oh, the Bills. Oh, the Bills. They have the, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. What do you expect to happen? They're going to miss it? They will If they don't make the playoffs at all in the next 10 years, it would be a disgrace to their, their organization, and they should sell and fold the team. Oh, this is where we need a radio show. This is where we need a break. You need to just cool down. We need to cool the Jets here. Right. One last point on the well, Jets. The Jets, have been, the Jets have been cooled. One last thing on the Jets. Analogy. If they somehow win out and New England win, loses one of their games remaining, they're in. Um, good on the Chiefs for beating the Texans because now the, the Bills hopefully have something to play for against the Patriots in Week 18. But at this point... Well, they need they need the Chargers to lose one I game. don't think the Chargers are missing the playoffs. I think Wait, so who would they get in over though if they went out? Miami? Yeah. Is that what so if Miami wins if Miami wins their next two games, they beat the Patriots, which helps. I think they play the Patriots. Yeah, they play them next But week, if they yeah. lose to the Jets and the Jets win out, then the Patriots are dead ski because they've lost a game. Yes. And they lose then they're below the Jets. And then the Jets beat Miami and they skip above the Jet the Miami because of the tiebreaker. So again, the, the fact of the matter is if you win out, you feel pretty good about yourself. Um but it's like I said about the Giants last week. Like, if you win the game, everything's different. Like, if you win yeah, out, no, no duh. That's win the game. Different. Okay, whatever. You know, I'm trying to be nice to you. I try to 
try to simmer things down, but yeah, it's not gonna happen. No, it's not. Um, let's get to the let's get to the where are we here? I'm sorry. Let's get to the Bills. Um, yeah, they won. They played a nice game up until the third quarter, and then they kind of choked it out in the fourth. Uh, in, in a positive, I guess they choked out the Dolphins in the fourth. I should say. Um, that's a nice win. Like that really is. And, and say what you want. Like I thought Tua was fine. I thought the Dolphins were fine. But that final drive from the Bills, and even the penultimate drive as well, in which they scored a touchdown, that's the kind of drive that you that changes how I feel about that team. Not because they beat anyone crazy, but because they ran the ball very well. They chewed up six minutes of clock time and, and won a game. And they just dominated that, that last drive. And Miami couldn't do anything to stop them. And it felt like exactly kind of what we talked about when we thought there was going to be snow. Like when the snow started falling – I don't know what the Dolphins were doing. Like, they were running the ball consistently very well with Raheem Mostert, with Ahmed as well. And then they started throwing the ball in the snow. It's almost like Mike McDaniel wanted to prove a point that they could do it. And it they went three and out. They went right back to the Bills. And the Bills are tailored better for a snow game, even if they're not running the ball well. They, they still have Josh Allen and that threat and his arm as well. I mean, he made some crazy throws in the snow as well. So I think it was something that you mentioned last week where that's the advantage between – the Bills and Dolphins, the Bills have it if it snows because of Josh Allen. And it's kind of what you saw in the, the last couple of drives. Yeah, I just – there are times with Miami where I think they try to outsmart themselves. Like, I think Mike McDaniel is almost like – just doesn't like – like, he's so bored of regular football that he just wants to, like, have fun. Because there was a there was a soundbite he had a couple weeks ago before the losing streak where he was like, I think I'm just going to throw the ball every single time this drive. And, and I don't know if – I think it worked that drive. <laughs> yeah. But it's like – sometimes when you're so smart, you're dumb. And that's kind of the position that he put himself in in this game. Because they ran the ball very well, like you said. The Bills had no no answer for it. But also, sometimes sometimes that just exhausts itself, too. And I think that's kind of what happened with Miami. They just kind of ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. I also thought Tua's receivers were really screwing him over. Like They had a couple of bad drops. I mean, if the, if the Dolphins get touchdowns instead of field goals early, which they should have, they probably win this game going away. But because they had to settle for field goals because of drops and, and things like that, I thought Tua played really well. I mean, 17 of 30, 234 yards, two touchdowns. A lot of those yards came on that big touchdown to, to Jalen Waddle. But either way, I thought he played really well. I thought he bounced back nicely. I think this Dolphins team is still pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Bills took care of business. It kind of cements them once again on top of the AFC East. I know it was kind of – dicey for a while with the way that the they lost to the Jets and the Dolphins it was it was looking pretty rough but to kind of get those two wins uh in the belt is huge and and now again it's going to be tough because Cincinnati now is in that conversation they've got to play them in two weeks to win that to get that one seed but I mean it, it would be nice to have that week off to to reset to be home for this playoff run which they haven't been able to to secure so it's kind of all in their hands at this point. which team do you think is the scariest like if it let's I guess we'll say the Bills, Kansas City, or Cincinnati. Which team do you think gets the most out of home field advantage? Uh, I think it's the Bills. I mean, if they're if they're throwing snowballs, then it's got to be the best the best home. How field are we not talking football. about that? Like they're just like pelting guys with snowballs, and there's no issue. I think a lot of people are talking about. It. I think you're underplaying. Am I? I also think I'm going to be honest. I think the Bills get a pass in a sense. Like I think people like Bills fans. Like if this is the Eagles, I think people would be like, oh, like classic scum Eagles fan but like when the Bills do it's kind of like oh yeah like the, 
The Bills did it. Like I, yeah. I, I think it they, was. I was to be honest. Like I, I don't like that kind of stuff. I at mean, all. there could be so, ice in the snowballs. Like you don't really know what's going on there. Um, it's just stupid behavior. Like I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't get yeah. it. But again, I'm I'm an adult. It seems like a lot of adults aren't adults. So I don't true, know. True. I apologize on behalf of Bills Mafia for that. I, I think the Bills fans get a lot of leeway because they donate a ton of money to different charities. That might be it. Yeah, that's what like helps. two after the loss. Like thanked you know the Bills fans <laughs> for donating money to his foundation after he was concussed. Like you know, like they're just they're just meanwhile so they're they're literally trying to concuss him, hurtling balls of ice at yeah. his head. Yeah, you said it, not me. Um, I, getting back to that last question about the home field advantage thing, I feel like Cincinnati is a team I would want to face the least at home, or I guess at their home. Like, I, there's just something about I don't that know. team that scares me. Well, that team scares me for sure. The home field, though, like when I think of home field advantage, I think of the Chiefs, who are constantly like the loudest, and I think the Bills are are right up there as well. Like, I don't really going to Cincinnati doesn't scare me, but I think I'm more nervous right now than the Bengals and, of the Bengals and the Chiefs because I know what the Bills and the Chiefs matchups are. I've seen it a million times. I don't know how the Bills match up against the Bengals. I've never seen them play Joe Burrow. I've never seen them play Jamar Chase. I've never seen them play T. Higgins and Joe Mixon and and uh who am I forgetting? Boy. Like they have they have yeah, they have weapons everywhere. They're gonna play in two weeks and we'll see, but I I think right now in the AFC. I mean they've been that good recently. They certainly have. Um that's a scary team to, to look out for and obviously they come back and and dominate the, the the Bucks as I thought they would. But in, in all seriousness, like with that game though, if they start slow against a better team, I don't know how they they win that game. Yeah, but why don't I mean, we get? It's, it's tough. We'll get to one last thing. Uh, the Yankees signed Carlos Rodon, six years, one hundred sixty-two million dollars. This might be the best rotation in all of baseball between Cortez, Cole, Severino, now Rodon, and then Frankie Montas is your number five. That was the guy that last year was kind of projected to be your number three starting pitcher. And then obviously things didn't work out for him. And that, that really, that's a scary rotation. Like th- those are all guys that could in theory be fringe number one, really good number two. And now you have them slated one through five. Yeah. I mean, you look at the rotation right now, Severino, we've never seen him and Nestor like in the one role. I think Nestor probably wouldn't, but Severino for sure. Cole obviously is Rodon has been Montas. Like it's crazy. And, I think one through five, they're probably the best. I still think the Mets' top two are scary when they're firing all cylinders between Verlander and Scherzer. You look like you're going to No, just the age really scares me there. And I guess when they're, no, all, I agree. When they're firing all cylinders, sure. But, like, Verlander kind of stinks come playoff time, come World Series time, which, like, I guess the advantage that you're getting there. But for this team, for the Mets, like – Well, actually, he went five innings and won a game last year in the World Series. Wow, so. five innings. That, that's what I want with my ace. Five innings. Um. The one thing I will say, I mean, Rodon has up, had can't some expect out- him to last that long. Five innings a lot at his age. Um, Ew. <laughs> the one thing I want to say about, I don't even know what I was going to say. Just look. Oh, uh, Rodon has had some elbow issues the last, I think five years in a row, he's had an IL stent due to a left elbow injury. So that kind of scares me. But I believe he did a Tommy John once. So he's, he's been pretty much a workhorse. Um, they need a left fielder, though. Ben Benintendi's gone. Uh, Cabrera right now, I guess, would be your starter, or Aaron Hicks. Not a lot available. I mean, Michael Brantley's out there. Uh, I think he's resigning with Porto. the Astros, though. He's deep in talks. He probably will. I've seen Michael Conforto's name float around a little bit. How is he in contact I, hitter? I haven't really looked it up. Conforto? Yeah. 
Because he uh, used to be great. Like, he used to be awesome before the injury. Well, a lot of people a lot of people are worried because he refused to do workouts last year, which a lot of people – he's a career 255 hitter. So, it's kind of – Yeah, you know. it's more what the Yankees have, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I, it's just – it's a tough call. He hit 322 in the COVID year, which I guess doesn't really count. But, nice. yeah, I, I – I would like to see a different opening day left fielder. It's not the end of the world if they don't, but that's the only thing. They they still haven't improved the offense. So like that that still has to be a little bit of an issue unless you expect Josh Donaldson to resurrect himself, which he's not going to. His his bat speed's not there. Like you can clearly see the age is catching up to him. So that's my one concern right now. The rotation's great. They're gonna get healthier. They brought back Tommy Canley for the bullpen, but batting wise, I don't know. I mean, I guess for for Donaldson, maybe he can shorten his swing a little bit this offseason. You kind of saw A-Rod do that towards the end of his career where you shorten yeah, it up. Have to be the only you don't have the power and you're just getting singles, which this team could do. Um, I, you don't want Hicks to be your starting left fielder, but like this is kind of the same thing we talked about with the Mets is we know this team's going to go out and make aggressive moves at the deadline. And you don't need those moves to be your, your rotation at this point. If it needs to be your rotation, you have a serious problem because these five guys plus Herman should be good enough to win your World Series. Um, the bullpen, you can add a cheap arm here or there. If your only issue is your is your bats and you know that your GM, Brian Cashman, can go out there and get a couple like he has the last couple of years, I don't hate starting with Hicks just because you expect this team to probably win the division, if not make the playoffs as a shoe-in. Yeah, I mean, and overall, I think when you think about the MLB, like you're not like the Mets had the problem last year. It's like it's so hard to be great one through nine in a batting rotation. Like there's gonna be a guy that's just not great. Mm-hmm. And you don't really want that to be the attitude, but it's not the worst thing in the world. I think it's one of those things where, because it's the Yankees, you're like, oh my gosh, like they need to fill these holes. But like, if you look at any other team in the majors, like they basically all have a position that they're not getting a ton of offense out of. Also, as well, and, and last point is like, Yankees fans want to see their young guys come up, right? Like you want to see Peraza, Cabrera, uh, Volpe. Well, you, you can't get them up here if you're going to go sign a left fielder or sign True. a shortstop or whatever it is. So like, Maybe you just let Cabrera go with it, and if he starts to struggle, you know, I I guess you're kind of landlocked in the in the infield. But if he starts to struggle, maybe you move him somewhere else, or you send him down for a little bit. And I was gonna say and, put someone in left field from the infield, but like you don't have anyone to do that, right? Like IKF can't well, really do that. I I I, I guess you can put Stanton there, and then put yeah, that's Donaldson oh, as your I DH, and like, then move IKF to third, and then bring him Volpe. Like that can work, but I don't hate rolling with this and just hoping that your own guys can get going i mean if stan, if stan can play the field even three days a week like that helps you too but i don't know if he can but that helps because then you can dh dj or donaldson and you have a little more flexibility right oh uh, look why don't you get us to odd man rush here let's do it i've only got a few stories because i figured we'd have a lot to talk about in, well, in the new york world but odd man rush sure uh we'll start with football though uh, Lionel Messi and Argentina win the World Cup in PKs after what a lot of people are saying was the best soccer game of all time. Two goals for Lionel Messi, three games for Mbappe, including the game-tying one in extra time. France erased a two-goal deficit, then a 3-2 deficit in extra time. It was awesome. Like As, as a guy who doesn't watch a lot of soccer, to, to be honest, I, I really watched the World Cup and you know a few big EPL games here and there. It was entertaining. It was fun. Like, it was really exciting. It almost felt like, and I, I said this, like, I get PKs and they are super exciting, but the way that both offenses were playing in extra time, like really going for that goal, like that would have been fun to see for maybe a few more minutes. But overall, just a, a really awesome game. It was super fun because, you you know, in some games like the defense, it kind of defense takes over. But this was like, there were like 
consistent odd man rushes going back and forth and consistent counterattack, which is really cool to watch. Um, I just call you a fraud, though, Luke. Okay. You were at Target for part of this game. Yes, uh, Marshalls, but yeah. And you burnt your tongue on the Dunkin' Hot Chocolate, which is – if you're not burning oh, wait, the Dunkin' Hot Chocolate yeah. – Oh, no, I was at Price Chopper. Okay. okay. Like the, the Dunkin' Hot Chocolate, you kind of just accept that you're going to burn your tongue. I'm out on Dunkin'. Because of that or something else? I, I let it sit for so long it still burned my tongue. Yeah. No, the, the Dunkin' Hot Chocolate is, is scalding time, hot. It goes from scalding hot to cold in like two seconds. Like there's no nice like lukewarm in between. I'm gonna stick to my homemade cho- hot chocolate. But you're a Swiss Miss guy, right? This isn't like cutting up fresh chocolate yourself. Well, that depends. I usually get a couple of nice packs. Ooh. You know? Yeah. Nice. I got I got a few in, in the chamber right now. Nice. I got some Trader Joe's peppermint mint hot chocolate, Ooh. which is lovely. Ooh. Yeah. So how about that for class? That sounds fantastic. I might have to indulge. Yeah, I am a fraud. I honestly like I caught the end of the game. But you still caught the I'm exciting not, part. Like I don't blame him for not yeah, watching yeah. and sitting for ninety minutes of a game. Like that's a hard for a guy that's not like a huge soccer guy. That's a tough watch to sit through. I mean, I was sitting there watching it, but I was like working a little bit. I had to throw laundry in during it. I had to make some 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 breakfast. You know, it was a whole thing. The thing with soccer, it's like it's hard to to hang on for every every minute, every play. But this was a game that you really could because it was back and forth, fun offense. So good for Messi. I mean, I don't really know enough about soccer, but it felt like this kind of cements him and. It's crazy to see like that in real time. Like we never really like we didn't live through Michael Jordan, the second best basketball player of all time. I guess we're living through LeBron right now, but but see, like now we're in a spot it's... where like the, the the cool thing to do is just to hate LeBron, and I don't like it. No, that that's the thing. That's what I was gonna. Yeah, like all these American figures are all basically pretty hated on until they retire. Like I feel like when LeBron retires, I'm just like, oh man, like I miss LeBron. He was so awesome. It's like, well, you were all hating on him like two years ago. It's it's like the cool thing to do now. Yeah. Which is a shame, but this but was cool for Messi. Everyone got to celebrate Messi. And then Mbappe got his uh, four years ago, I think, if he was on that team. So he did, yeah. And he'll probably get more. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, that dude's unreal. It's tough. What do you think about the World Cup trying to go to two, every two years? It just, it, I don't know. Like, I feel like it just loses the luster for me. Like, I agree. Like, we're already bringing up like sixty-seven teams. So you know, <laughs> the oh. Like the like Chad is not Chad. Chaz, what is that thing called? <laughs> there's like, Chad. No, there's Chad, no, not yeah. the country. There's like the the um, oh. the self governing zone in like in like Oregon? Seattle. What is it called? Or Seattle? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking. <laughs> that would have been a great joke if you actually knew the word. I'll all right. Let me try it again here. There's a cap. God, oh, no. a second. Yeah, Chaz. The, a shame. Oh, it's called the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. I thought I thought that okay. was – I saw that at first. And I was like, oh, is that like when they, you know, the the, the Capitol situation from a couple of years ago? But no, this no, is the Seattle. It's kind of the opposite. Yeah, yeah police-free neighborhood, Chaz. That, that, they're going to be up there in the next uh, World Cup. So they're already kind of making a little fagazi with the amount of games and the amount of teams, but it is what it is. Like, you see there was one where it was like, we're going to have groups of three – uh, for next year's tournament is one of the options in the top two yeah. to make it. Like that's barely even a, like the, the top two is ridiculous. Like, uh, just I can't. I don't like that. Make it also shout support. out. Shout out Morocco. That was a really crazy run that they yeah. went and on. And Croatia shout had a nice little run. Croatia did too, but they, I think they've done it before. They, they lost were in the, the finals last time. last time around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So shout out Croatia too. Shout out England for doing um, their thing. Shout out England for losing to France semifinals. Um. Some, some football stories, as you mentioned earlier, Brady and the Bucks. 
Blew a 17-0 lead. They lost 34-23 to to the Bengals. I I felt so good about my pick. I was like, Matt's going to lose his lock. I got the Bucks. It's going to work out well. And then Tom Brady straight. might be washed. Might be washed. Uh, the Bucks had a drive stretch. They went fake punt, interception, fumble, fumble, interception. So not good for the Bucks. Not what you want. Do you think Brady is dead or do you think he's just like – Done with this year playing football. I think he's done with this year. Yeah, I think he's just over. So it. if he he's obviously going to go to another team next year, do you think that team will be good? Like if he went to the Jets next year, or oh yeah, like oh yeah, do you think Jets or the be, Niners or the Niners? Like you think he'll be yeah. back to what it was two years ago, or I guess last year? I mean, you can see like he can still throw the ball pretty well. His his mind is still there. I think he could definitely. I mean, look, if he had the, if he was on the Jets right now, I think they'd be. Definitely firmly in the playoffs. I think the Niners – I mean, the Niners, like, they could roll anyone out of quarterback at this point, to be honest. So, yeah, I think that would benefit him. The Bucks haven't been – like, they still have the names, but the name – like, Mike Evans hasn't really performed. Their defense has been a lot worse. The line like, stinks. The O-line's terrible. Their O-line is – that's the worst part, too. And that's the – the Jets would definitely have to remake a little O-line. They'd have to pitch to him, like, hey, we'll spend a lot on the O-line because, like, he needs a good O-line. Yeah. Well, like, Mekhi Becton maybe comes back if he still exists. Elijah Vera Tucker coming back is huge. Like, they're missing their best offensive lineman. Like, and, yeah. and, and look, they're struggling. But, like, ABT was so, so good for this team. It's kind of tough to, to you know, overcome yeah. that on top of uh, Mekhi Becton. You know, Fant was out for a little bit. So. And you've also got the post-game interview with Giovanni Bernard just getting – bullied by reporters after the game yeah and look there's a, there's a lot there like the guy wasn't answering the question about the fake uh punt he's basically like, yeah like that's my bad you can ask him twice and then move on but to be like hey like you know keep asking like, he's not gonna give you the answer and then one of the people in the scrum was like you know was saying you know we we you know he's like hey well you guys didn't talk to me all season and she's like oh well you know you were hurt the whole time no 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 it's like he just doesn't <laughs> want to talk to you she was defending herself hard in the in the comments. Like it's just not it's serious, like, dude. Like, oh, it's a journalist. Oh, as a journalist, might. Um, <sighs> two craziest games we'll get to quickly. The Raiders beat the Patriots in one of the most insane endings I've ever seen. Tie game, clock expiring. Patriots run a draw play. Ramondre Stevenson gains actually some pretty decent yards. Almost makes it all the way to the Raiders uh, forty. Then pitches it to Jacoby Myers. I guess just to be like, hey, maybe we can make something here. And then Jacoby Myers just turns around, just absolutely all I can say is yeets the ball backwards to Mac Jones, who's like 40 yards behind, but it's it's picked up by Chandler Jones, who then bodies Mac Jones into the ether of the earth, scores the touchdown. And I've there's no words to describe it. Like, how does how does it happen? I'm trying to watch it now because I want to watch Mac Jones get oh my god, he just ran through him. That's awesome. That is so cool. And I feel I honestly kind of feel bad for Mac Jones because like Dude, dude was not expecting to be in that position to like make a one-on-one tackle against Chandler Jones in the open field. That's brutal. I, I just there's so much going on with this play. I just don't understand what we're doing here. Well, I think that Ramondre Stevenson almost like made Jacoby Myers panic because he pitched it to him, and Myers was probably like, wait, 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 wait. Are we trying to like what's going on here? Are we like are we losing? Like why are we pitching it? And then he just desperation throws it backwards yeah that's a tough look but good for mike morano front of the show that's an all that's that's a win that like raiders fans usually lose like that, oh, yeah. that's a game usually the raiders on the other side of it but good for them uh my pick of the patriots was right though because they probably would want an overtime no my raiders pick was glorious really was I, honestly like i'm happy patriots lost just because the jets gotta you know be ahead of somebody 
eventually, maybe. So thank you to the Raiders for beating the Patriots. Yeah, that might be it for the Patriots and their playoff dreams. I mean, Uh, they're right there if they beat Miami, I guess, you know. True, but they got the Bengals next week. Ooh, yeah, that is tough. Uh, the Vikings, though, biggest comeback in NFL history. They're down 33 to nothing. They went 39-36 in overtime. I mean, it's it's insane that the the Patriots-Raiders game happened because it almost makes you forget about this game that happened on Saturday. But, I mean, it almost felt like the Colts were just playing not to lose the entire time, and it, it eventually caught up to them. And, I mean, the Vikings are some bad breaks against them and still win this game. It was It was incredible to watch. And they still couldn't cover. Yeah, but that like we can't get a touchdown cover of all time. That would have been the best cover of all time. Yeah, we, we we couldn't get a touchdown out of that. Like really, like we had to sell for a field again. Like we should stop letting teams kick field goals in overtime. It should be only touchdowns <laughs> because you <laughs> never like you never win. Like all these backdoor covers that these misses is like if you're if you're betting and you have the underdog and it goes to overtime, you basically won. Yeah, no, I I get that, but again, like you shouldn't be in that position in the first place, probably. Yeah, you're right. I'm just glad we both had that pick um, together. That'll do it for Ob- Yeah, and Luke, just yeah, to, to tie a bow on the picks from this past week, we finished. So you go one and five. I go three and three, which means I gained two games on you, which sits me at about six and a half games back. So I'm right there in striking distance. I just need to put an actually good game together. And if I can do that this weekend, I'd feel pretty good. That's all the time we have. Stay around for our picks at some point on our Twitter at Wally and Owens. I'm not quite sure if we're getting a show out the rest of the week, but we'll keep you guys posted. And thank you all for tuning in and hanging out.